Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver, and with me today is my co-host, Nick Costco. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks. I'm happy to be here today. Me too. You know, it's getting close to Christmas, and it's an exciting time of the year. The year is almost wrapping up, and we're looking forward to having a great 2020. It's funny you mentioned the year wrapping up because it's kind of uh, plays right off of what we did last week, listening to uh, some finite versus infinite mindset types of thoughts. Absolutely. And last week, Nick and I were fortunate enough to be part of the Impact Conference. I think that was the technical name, wasn't it, Nick? Yeah, Impact Leadership Conference in Birmingham, yep. Alabama. Yeah. And so we got to see three great speakers And we just thought that we would share with you some of the things that we heard. And it was a great conference. Thank you to Nowlin and Associates for uh, inviting us, in particular, Justin Kraft, who gave us the opportunity to come to Birmingham, Alabama, I think for the third or fourth time this, no, second or third time this year. But we love everybody down there in the South. And I'll tell you what, these guys know how to throw a conference because they had some great speakers. I tell you what, I didn't know what to expect when we went. I didn't really know John Maxwell, like his works. I'm embarrassed to say I just hadn't read his stuff. Um, I knew Simon Sinek, but John, I thought, really brought a great message. And uh, we left there. You know, I was up for 22 hours that day, and uh, I couldn't go to sleep when I got home. I traveled from uh, Louisville to Birmingham and back. We listened to them for three hours. We we did a lot of uh, sitting around and talking, and uh, my mind wouldn't shut off. And I'm glad that we took a lot of notes and we're just going to share that with you guys because not everyone got to got to be there. So we'll just pass this stuff on. What you guys do with it is up to you guys, but I think you're going to find at least one nugget here that you can take to uh, improve yourself and improve your business, improve your relationships around you going forward. Absolutely. You know, let's start off with John Maxwell and John Maxwell is an author, speaker, pastor. He's written a lot of books, primarily focusing on leadership. And, you know, you can look at his, I'm not going to go through every one of his books, but one of the things that I really liked that he said is his best book is the one he's writing right now. And it's always been that way, that he wants his next book to be his best, which I think is a lesson in itself. Yeah. He said something there that I wrote down. He said, you're only as good as your last work. Right. It's like, uh, what, what got you here? won't get you there. And I just love how he's constantly going. And uh, how did he say it? He said, we're going to constantly learn, unlearn and relearn. And it just all kind of dovetails together when when he talks about his books, which, you know, the guy's got a little bit of experience in uh, authoring books. I'm just blown away by the number. He said 35 million copies of his books he sold. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. So one of the books that he just came out with that they gave us a copy of was Leader Shift. And one of the first things that he said is it's about being flexible. Leadership is about being flexible and that things are going to be faster in the future. You know, when you think about that, leaders need to be quicker, more flexible. And he said something, he said, fast is faster and short is shorter, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
He says the future has a way of arriving unannounced. Right, right. You know, he also said something that's interesting that might be a little bit disheartening for people out there with your bachelor's degree. But he said, according to the Harvard Business Review, the average shelf life of a BS degree is five years. So that means after five years, what you learned is outdated. So if we don't continue to learn, then our education gets outdated. If we continue to learn and continue to grow, then it never gets outdated. But it doesn't matter how old you are. John is in his 70s. He's still learning and still writing books and still, I'm sure, will do that until he can't. But what I want to do, Nick, is let's dive into what he called his cycle of success. And John Maxwell has Maxwell Coaching Systems, and he says there's five things that they continually do. And the first one, and so remember this is a cycle. So it, it, it starts and it just keeps going in this order. But the first thing is the test. And they try new things every day. Some things work and some things don't. You know, it's a great example of that. If you haven't spent time around a, uh, a one or two-year-old lately, just sit and watch for 10 minutes, tops. It's amazing. Like, they're, they're literally doubling their knowledge every day. They're constantly right. testing. And uh, you'll see, like, you can actually see the growth, like, right before your eyes within minutes. And we can do the same thing. I, I think a lot of times we just think that, hey, we've arrived or we can't, we, we can't change the way we think. We can't change what we've done. We can't change where we're going. But you can change your future right now. Right. You know, I thought it was interesting, you know, when you think about testing and then the second step is fail. If you test a lot, you fail a lot and you're never good at something the first time, yes. right? I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. And the, the point that I wrote down too is failure and success are not opposites. They travel together. You shouldn't have fear of failure. You know, it's, it's taking us somewhere, right? I mean, think about riding a bike. Everybody failed the first time they tried to ride a bike or not very many people just got on the bike and could do it, right? Right. But every single person that tried to learn how to ride a bike eventually could do it. Yeah. It, it's the, the value of failure. It's learning. Yeah. We can't, be, we can't be afraid to fail. Like the more no's, the more falls on my face, the closer I am to, to that particular success. And that, that takes a little bit of a while because our culture really wants to, to villainize your, your, your failures you just got to turn, turn that off and not worry about what other people are thinking about you because, frankly, what other people think about you is none of your business. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a book called Fail Forward. And I, now I think that I think John Maxwell wrote it, but I'm not exactly 100% sure. But he says in Fail Forward or in that book, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the third step in the cycle is you learn. And that's the value of failure is learning. And if you look back and you say to yourself, what did I learn? What yeah. did I learn about that loss? And losses teach you more than gains, right? You learn so much more from your struggles than you do from your wins. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Jim, we talk about monopoly a lot, you know, in our presentation and Jake yeah. and I, my, my, my 10 year old, we've played monopoly each of the last two nights <laughs> and Two nights in a row, he's lost. He's lost spectacularly. 
And both times, what I absolutely loved is he looked up at the end and goes, all right, what I do wrong? Huh. And I, I was just like, sweet. Because here's the thing that makes me a little nervous is I know that my time is coming to, to possibly lose that game in spite of my best efforts. But he's just sitting there learning. He's asking, okay, how do I get better? Like he failed, but he, want, he's, he said, how do I change this next time? Right, right. You know, that's great. And it's awesome that he's learning that at his age, because if you let your kids fail when they're younger, then they learn how to overcome failure and just keep trying and learning from their mistakes. But if you don't let them fail and then they're in college or they're out on their own and they, you know, they fail epically, they sometimes don't have that ability to, you know, keep on going. And they, they just think, oh my gosh, they, they run for safety or they run for entitlement or they run to something to help them. So what do you do? The next step is when you, when you learn, the next step is you do what? You improve, yeah. right? So losses teach you, you know, and, and learning is overrated unless there's improvement. So you have to learn, <laughs> then you have to change your tactics, right? And, yeah. you know, Tony Robbins says it where you take massive action, you pay attention to what works and what doesn't, and what doesn't work, don't do that anymore. Do something else, right? I mean, change learn, improve. So you have to learn, then improve. Anything else on that four step, Nick? You just, I, I like this, you know, we're out talking to people all the time and he says he always asks people, what are you learning right now? And I just yeah. really loved how he, he said that because he was one of those people that he's obviously a sales guy out there selling his books all the time. But he genuinely came across as when he sits down with someone, He's really not interested in talking. He's interested in hearing what that person has to say. And what a great question in a conversation to ask someone. Yeah, I love that question too. All right, the fifth step is re-enter. Don't re-enter until you've improved. I think that's really interesting. If you're down, don't get back up until you've improved. That's what I wrote down too, is you know, you, if, if you learn from it, and sometimes it takes us a little bit of a cycle. I mean, if we had a loss and we're learning from our loss and we don't know what to do to improve, don't re-enter. Don't test something else until you learn from it. And, yeah, and I thought that was an interesting. Well, that's exactly what I was watching Jake do. Yeah. He, you know, it's funny. We haven't really played a Monopoly. You know, weather's been nice. We've been out doing other things, but you know, he was really enthralled with Boardwalk and Park Place. Yeah. When we first got the game a year ago, and I, yeah. and I just smoked him because he put all his eggs in one basket. Well, he did it again last night. And mm. all I had to do was say, hey, you put all your eggs in that one basket. And I kept, I kept not landing on it. And then I kept building stuff all over the rest of the board. It, it killed you. You had no other resources. All he had to do was just be reminded oh. that he had made that mistake once before. You know, what's funny about that in, in Monopoly is I always see people and they'll do almost anything to get one or two or both of those properties. They'll overpay. They'll do yep. just things that don't make any sense logically or to win the game. And it's because that's what they've learned. And it, it's just like when we're talking to people about money and infinite banking and how to grow your wealth, they hold on to sometimes these misconceptions of that's the goal. 
And that's not the goal. I could, I could win Monopoly every time with the least expensive properties while somebody else is overpaying for the most expensive properties and hoping that I land on one of those two properties. And we know, Nick, that hope is not a strategy. Yeah, I think it's just one of those things. Like I look back, you and I both had lots of quote unquote failures in our life. You know, things that we could have quote unquote regrets for. But I don't have any regrets for any of that because I've learned from it and it's helped me be the person that I am now. And that that's refreshing. Absolutely. So John Maxwell's cycle of success, and I'm sure you could probably find this on the internet somewhere, but it's test, which is try new things, fail, learn from your failures, improve, and once you've improved, re-enter, test, fail. This is not a destination, it's a cycle. And I think that's really the thing that's important is, is that. And then, you know, one of the other things that he said is he said, value yesterday, but live in today. Today is what matters. And, you know, this was his quote. Yesterday ended last night. If you had a bad day, it ended. If you had a great day, it ended last night too. So, you know what? I used to have a football coach, Nick, that would always tell me, you can't live off of newspaper clippings for the rest of your life. (laughs) And, you know, every time you'd look in the paper and, you know, in, in LA, you don't get in the paper very often. It might be just your stats in the game or something like that. But, you know, when, if they did ever like mention you in in a, in a column, you know, he would just look at you like, you, you know, you've forgotten about that. Haven't you? Like that doesn't <laughs> matter. That was yesterday. It, yeah. It, it, it's just what you've been talking you and I've been talking about the gap. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's just not even, not even considering, you know, you've had successes along the way, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep score a little bit, but yep. live today. Like, your family needs you today. The person in front of you at that coffee shop deserves for you to put your phone in your pocket and not sit there and look at it. Be present. It's like the, the greatest gift you can give someone is to be present right there. And um, I really like that continual reminder. And I'll tell you the other thing that I really love that he said. He was, said he was, uh, I guess he was at a meal with his, with his dad and there was some dialogue maybe with the, the, the waitress. And, uh, his 98-year-old dad said, my best days are ahead of me. Yeah. And I just really like that because just recently I heard something else uh, where someone, you know, I think they were in their 60s maybe, and they said they, they just attach old as 20 years from now. Like, right. Keep thinking big. Like that's, that's something else Maxwell said. He said, keep making your vision bigger and clear. Like don't stop. Once you, like retirement is a four-letter word. The word retirement is not in the Bible anywhere. Those guys in that book lived a long time because they lived with purpose and they just kept moving. Like, I just think that all dovetails together with what Maxwell was bringing. Yeah, I I agree. One of the things that I love that he said, you know, he said a lot of things and obviously we can't go over all of them here, but we'll wrap it up with this is the last thing I wrote down that he says is he said, I'm going to live until I die and not get the two confused. (laughs) <laughs> I think that kind of uh, dovetails right to what you were saying is, you know, yeah. you don't want to retire and then kind of live until you die. And it's interesting because when you confuse the two, when you think that you're living, but you're not. And, you know, Dan Sullivan always says, always make your future bigger than your past. 
right? And it doesn't matter how old you are, just like you said. All right, so Simon Sinek. What do you know about Simon Sinek? What do you like about him? Or what's his, what would his bio be if you were just uh, saying, hey, introducing to somebody to Simon Sinek for the first time, Nick? He was introduced in my life with, about his book, Start With Why. And it, it's just asked the question, why are you doing what you're doing? And then ask it seven levels deep. I remember I watched his TED Talk. It's, it's not even a, a, a remarkable TED Talk. It's remarkably simple and impactful like that. And uh, I just really like how he, you know, you and I just recently listened to his most recent book, Infinite Game. Of course, we teach infinite banking. So it's in, it's in our, our wheelhouse of at least a book title attracting our attention. But I just really like that. He's, I've not read his book, Leaders Eat Last, but I, I would like to read that because it becomes a game here when we have social gatherings. All my friends know that I, as uh, the guy who lives in this house, I will not eat until everyone else has their plate. And I have some guys try to trick me all the time with that. So I need <laughs> to read that book for that one reason right there. That's awesome. So in Infinite Game, he describes the difference between a finite game and an infinite game. And, and by the way, one thing, if you want to know what Simon Sinek said at this conference, listen to his book because he was pretty much word for word. But here's the way that I would say finite game versus infinite game is a finite game is like a football game. And you know, I'm a Raider fan, so I'm going to explain it like this. So we know how long we're going to play and we know who's playing against who, right? And we know the Raiders are going to lose. No, I'm just kidding. Just lately. It seems like that. Last, <laughs> last couple decades. It's, oh, man. You know, okay, I'm not going to go there because, you know, audience, Nick is a Patriots fan, so he's kind of front runners. He hasn't <laughs> talked about the game yesterday, though. But anyway, Brady's showing his age a little, little bit, a little bit, but he did run for 17 yards yesterday. So I'm <laughs> dating this podcast. So we'll think about it like this. A finite game is we know who we're playing against. We know how long we're going to play. And there's an acknowledgement of a winner and a loser at the end of that time period. And then it's over. You win or you lose. An infinite game, I like to think of it like building wealth. If somebody in the audience builds their wealth to 10 million, 100 million, 2 million, it doesn't mean that I can't, right? We're in an infinite game. There's no beginning and ending. There's no declared winner or loser. And having that infinite mindset is really an abundance-based mindset, but it's always getting better. It's constant and never-ending improvement because we want everybody to win. And that's what this show is about, is infinite mindset of everybody winning when it comes to building wealth. Yeah. And Simon, Simon broke it down into to, to five big bullet points. And we'll just go through those real quick and uh, expand on each one of those. His first one was advance a just cause. And it's easy he brings up the founding fathers. They had a, the founding fathers of America had a vision and they were willing to go to war and die for it. All right. That right there. I mean, what else, what else can you really say about advancing a just cause? But what I like is he said in the middle of that journey, you know, you got to have these small finite victories. You can have this, this infinite thing that you're chasing, that you're building towards all the time, but just, just kind of like the gap. You know, just you can measure those small incremental victories. Hey, we took over, you know, the founding fathers. Hey, we took over this one little town. We pushed the Redcoats back, you know, 
10 more miles, whatever it is, some sort of measure. I, I just liked how he talked about that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that if you run a business, then your, your employees, they will, you know, they'll, they'll do everything to help you accomplish a vision. And only two to two and a half percent of the population is visionary. And hopefully you are if you're running a business or you can learn to be because that's really that just cause and then creating the vision of what it looks like when we get there, right? What are we, okay. what are we trying to do? And in every business owner out there, they kind of know, but are you, are you sharing that with your employees? Are you helping them to see your vision or the vision of the business? Yeah. Do they, do they know where you're going? Are they, is everyone moving in the right direction? All right. So that right into his next one, he said, build, building trusting teams, you know, even a pro golfer out there by himself on the course has a team of people, his caddy, his coaches, his, his uh, massage therapist, his chiropractor. You've got this team all working towards one, one cause, one mission. I like that. I, I work best on a team. Yeah, you know, and, and what people want to know to trust you is, is that, you know, that they, they want to know three things, as Lou Holtz says, is they want to know, can I trust you? Do you have a commitment to do the right thing? And do you care about me? Or, you know, he used to say trust, commitment, love, but then he made it trust, commitment, caring. I'm not sure why the change. But one of the things that, that he talked about is just you see this in different companies. And... He, he used an example of Four Seasons Hotel, and he likes the Four Seasons Hotel because of the team all the way to the person that is sweeping the floors. They have an attitude, great attitude because they want to. And he said, if you're not on trust, have a trusting team where people are lying, hiding, you know, over time, it won't work. It'll fall apart. And the, the thing that they don't teach is that leadership is even from the very bottom to the very top of an organization. And it's 24 seven, you know, you have to lead 24 seven. Yep. Uh, and I like how he, you know, right. Talking about the four seasons, well, four seasons isn't the only hotel chain. And so he says, you've got to study your worthy rivals. Absolutely. They will, they will reveal your own weaknesses and you'll be able to build on your strengths so that you ultimately up your game. Remember, you know, what got us here won't get us there. All right. And that, I know that's part of a note for later on, but it's just, it's constantly building on where, where you've been. Like, you know, my best days are ahead of me. I, I just like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the key to that one is worthy rivals. Yeah, there you go. You know, the, cause we think about it and we, you know, we don't want to have, don't study your competitors that are doing things the wrong way, right? Or study your worthy rivals. We have a lot of that in infinite banking out there, people doing things the wrong way and setting up click funnels and trying to get people to, you know, be fooled like a snake oil salesman into, you know, hey, this is a 770 plan or it's a, you know, it's a perpetual something. You know, it's, it's, it's infinite banking concept. That's what Nelson Nash named it. That's what Nelson Nash is the founder. The, and so why change it? It only changes it to try to make yourself look good. But those are not worthy rivals is my point. 
And, and right to what you're saying, you got to have the courage to lead. You're saying you have the courage to lead and let's, let's call it infinite banking. Let's promote Nelson's message and mission. And that's going to take a little courage, buck the, the trends in, in, uh, in, in our business right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's much easier to give short-term goals. Like, so just, just little measurable incremental goals that we can have a little bit of progress every day. It's just like the, the little app on my phone I started using again called Winstreak. I get a prompt every day. What are your three wins today? Right. I guarantee yeah. you I'd come up with, with three, even when I'm annoyed by the things I didn't get done. You just got to change your mind on how you look at it. Absolutely. On to the next one. Yeah. And, you know, really he gets, he, he, he talks about what does it mean to live an infinite life? And I really like what he said here. It's what we do with the, the dash on our tombstone, that, that time we have a, we have a finite amount of time on this earth, but we can do so much with it. Right. Right. Okay. Are we, are we through the five? Yeah. Yeah. We got through them. You didn't do existential flexibility. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It's rethinking our thinking and what we, what got us here won't get us there. Oh, okay. That was a quick one. I didn't hear you say that. (laughs) Um, I didn't hear you say that fourth. Okay. Well, and, and so Simon Sinek, I really think the cool thing that he talks about in all of his books is he does a lot of research and then he brings it back to an example and he uses Apple versus Microsoft, and he uses kind of how the those companies have either a finite mindset or an infinite mindset. And you know the the other thing that uh, after they did that, they had a they had a session where they did a, some Q and A. And you know John Maxwell said, you know, grow by asking questions. Be the guy asking questions. You know, I really thought that that was an, a great point. Is don't always try to be the guy telling everybody everything. Yeah. Be the guy asking the questions. Yeah, I, there was two other things that I wrote down that I, I really, really liked in there. He said, there's, there's no best, there's only better. And we've got a lot of business owners out there. You and I have talked about hiring people uh, throughout the years here. And he said, always hire people you want to spend your day off with. But that yeah. was a good, a good thought to keep in mind. Goes right to building trusting teams, Right. Like yeah. have those people that you, you trust unequivocally and um, can always spend time with. So I think those two guys were, were phenomenal. We've got a lot of great takeaways. We'll continue to study, study this and implement this in, in our personal lives and our business. Absolutely. So we'll end it with this because I thought this was a great question at the Q&A with these two guys. Is somebody asked, can you be an introvert and be a good leader? And I love the way that he explained introvert and extrovert. Obviously, the answer is yes, okay, because an introvert can be outgoing, right? It's just kind of how you recharge. He said an introvert has five coins in the morning and spends zero coins by the end of the day. An extrovert has zero coins in the morning and collects the five coins by the end of the day. Yeah. So you think about just from an energy standpoint, you can have a big personality, but be introverted. You know, Richard Branson is an introvert. You know, there's a lot of other leaders out there, but. uh, Seneca himself said he's an introvert. Absolutely. All right. So 
that's the first two guys. The next episode we're going to save for Chris Hodges, who's the head pastor at Highlands Church in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, until next time, thank you, Nick, for joining us this morning. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.